Hey everyone, it's Andy here. Uh, we had a few mic issues with Dale's mic, um, so near the middle to the end you'll hear him cut in and cut out. I'll make sure that it's all good for our next episode. Welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and I'm here with my co-host Andy. How are you going, Andy? I'm good, Catherine. How are you? I'm going fairly well, fairly well. It's a rainy day here in Melbourne. Bit of it, a change. It is, yeah. After our uh, hot day yesterday, it's now all rain and uh, wind. Mm. But we're a bit special today. We have our guest Dale here. Yes. Hello. Hello, Dale. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, geeks. <laughs> Long time listener. First time guest. Excellent. Yeah, so um, Dale brought up with us to talk about the X-Files, and yeah. I was very keen to talk X-Files. Yes. We're um, both a bit of uh, X-File geeks, aren't we? Yes. So in the day, it was um, the X-Files, we were called with the PH. That's right. Yeah. So how did you start well, getting to the X-Files? I can remember um, the... First time they were advertising it before it was on television because yeah. back in uh, the early nineties, yep. everything from the UK, the US or the UK came like three or six months later, yeah. sometimes even longer. Oh, that um, was like everything back then. Yeah. We just got it so late. So you would had heard about it in the mm. magazines mm. or walking into the Minotaurs and those kind of places, yeah. and really keen it looked good. Um, then the ad started coming and was ready to go. Even had the VCR set pause, get rid of the ads, watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from that very first episode, I was absolutely hooked, you know, yeah, recording it and watching it from about 94, mm. yeah. Was um, it Tuesday nights on 10? Thursdays. Thursdays. Yeah, that sounds more right. Yeah, yeah, on 10. What was Was it a 7 or 8? Because I know... It was more Channel, like 8.30. 8.30, 9:30. yeah, because I remember, I think the first, I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Um, Were you scared of the, the opening credits? Uh, I just didn't re- I think Oh gosh, how old was I? When was it premiered? 97? 94 94 yeah. Oh yeah, 94 I was way too young So I, I think I was playing catch up when um, I, They either changed the time slot to earlier And um, and I just caught up in the middle I think it was maybe season 3 or 4 or something like that Because um, my dad would watch it yeah, it, it, you're right, Catherine. It's a really great um, pilot. It's mm. one of those yeah. pilots that lands mm. exactly as the show should be mm. and is the blueprint for the series moving forward. Yeah, yeah. It it just puts out so many story threads because cigarette smoking man is there, doesn't say a word, but he's there in the background. It, it sets out who Mulder is, who Scully Scully is, and yeah, it just gets you interested straight away. Right into plot. It's awesome. It is a good pilot mm. for, especially like back then. Like she seemed a more s- structured and stronger character introduction than uh, I thought Mulder was. 
Oh, I think um, if you watch the first episode again, it's hilarious how she is essentially um, Clary Starling from yeah. Silence of the Yeah, because her accent's different. She's got the uh, big blow-dried-out hair. Yeah. She's yeah. Got makeup. The uh, pantsuit. That's right. Because <laughs> she works... Pads you could land a jet on. Yeah. Yeah, because she's in the morgue, isn't she? She. That's where they get introduced to her. She's at a in the morgue. Um, she's working, walking through the FBI. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Being uh, interviewed, and I think you're right. Cigarette smoking man's sort of lurking in the background, mm. casually looking in a filing cabinet. Yeah. While uh, while she's getting assigned, and um, they ask her, "What do you know about him?" and she says, "Oh, the, his nickname is Spooky." And, um, and, and so yeah. he's cigarette smoking man's in the background. So just sort of seeing what is happening and even then he's unnerving her because she's sort of sitting there occasionally glancing at him like why aren't you saying anything it's quite it's menacing yeah yeah he's he's amazing that actor just the menace he can bring but you're right the Clarice Starling comparison it was definitely there from the start and it was written in Chris Carter deliberately wrote it in and as a as a woman, um, you know, we didn't get to see characters like her very often. She was the the start again of seeing these strong female characters. So, well, yeah. they're playing around with gender stereotypes from the first episode because mm. she's the solid, dependable, career, practical yeah. kind of character, whereas he is flaky and um, goofy. Yeah, uh, and. Um, they're playing around with that already. But speaking of calling him spooky, was Fox not bad enough? I know. <laughs> you know what I, mean? like, I can't remember if they even revealed the Fox part. Oh, first off, yeah. How they got Fox as a first name, it still yeah, baffles me. It is a bit odd. Mm. Though with people's names these days, well, you're like, right. yeah, 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 I can. Precursor to- yeah. <laughs> but then that... Um, you get the opening theme, which was, again, so different from other things from the 90s that we were used to. I mean, we are used to so many sitcoms and things with the you know, turning to camera and smiling and even some dramas, you know, like running around and then pausing, hey, how you going? You know, <laughs> the big thumbs up to camera or something. But this was just mystery and with the, the ghosts and... And with the truth is out there. And the UFO. Yeah. And like there's that one where I don't know if the intro ever changed through the seasons, did it? No. No? It would have that alien uh, the head and then it would just like morph into something. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very ugh. <laughs> spooky indeed. Now, Dale is the most prepared guest. He is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we've, we've he's, got, he's come with notes. We've got a lot of <laughs> notes here. We're talking about... Uh, the X-Files phenomenon, and I can't remember what year it was. Was it... Um, 1996. Yeah. yeah, so we've got a um, on-the-ground reporter here, really, haven't we? For yeah. <laughs> eyewitness. Yeah, so in 96, Gillian Anderson came to Australia. More specifically, she came to Southland, which is just a little <laughs> bit up the road from here. It's like a shopping mall Westfield, for our... Westfield Southland. Yeah, our shopping mall for our overseas listeners. And... I was in year 12, and as you can guess, I was a very good girl. But on that day, I wagged classes to go to Southland to stand in a big crowd to see Gillian Anderson. 
So she was centre court at Southland, so you can picture it now, and massive crowd, like just really pressed in together. You could definitely feel the people around you. Well, that, that centre stage is, um, has all the various levels so you can be looked mm. down on from, yeah. you know, first to fourth floor or whatever yeah. it is. So this was really the absolute height of um, X-Files mania in, in the world and it was just huge. Was this it, during the show? Yeah. 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 Early days, I've actually found a newspaper article from The Age in 1996 and it reads as follows. Two people were rushed to hospital and dozens more treated for hyperventilation after more than 10,000 people, including Catherine, yep. <laughs> showed up to see the X-Files star Gillian Anderson at a suburban shopping centre in Melbourne on Friday. Anderson, who plays FBI agent Dana Scully in the popular television series, ap appealed to the crowd to be careful as it surged forward after she appeared on stage. We knew that she was going to be popular, but I didn't think anyone envisaged this would have drawn, she would have drawn this such a crowd, said Southland's shopping centre manager, John Gilbert. Anderson's appearance was cut short for fear of serious injury to fans. Oh my yeah. God, you think she's a Kardashian or something? <laughs> what if Kardashian? If only you could done. see Catherine's face now. Oh. <laughs> just, well, when just she was just... there, oh, they locked down Southland. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. God, it was crazy. Well, Julian Anderson was the first yeah. of her kind. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, she, it was amazing because she was you know, this sex symbol, but also a strong woman. It was this very unique combination that we didn't get at the time. And you're right. She was this intellectual because she's a medical doctor as well as, um, you know, having done physics. So she has this very heavy science background yet you know Mulder is is far more into the faith and theories and she's the one who's far more with the hard scientific facts she's, mm. she's the brains of the operation yeah and, yeah and you know when they were casting it there was a a, a lot of pressure from the network to put someone more sort of buxom in that role yep. really um which is kind of idiotic because yeah um it takes away the credibility, but uh, Chris Carter, the creator, did stand firm on that and mm. um, wanted someone like Gillian Anderson. Yeah, because she hadn't done much before The X-Files. How, how old were they when they started? Very early 20s? Oh. Um, she was actually a bit younger. Wasn't she what, 19 or something? No, not no, that young. Not that young? Not that young. But she was younger than, than um, David Duchovny was, but they sort of made her a bit older she sort of faked it a bit but um she'd done one episode of class of 96 a short run drama series that was also on channel 10 which yes i think i watched as well um <laughs> but yeah she's some somehow chris carter just went yep that's what we want i think again the clarice starling jodie foster was was in his mind mm. when he was casting the only thing they really did for her appearance was that she actually has a little um, beauty mark um, on her face and they covered it up and continued to cover it up for the series because they're like, no, this, not to mask anything, but just to have something less going on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the, the network's heavyweights definitely 
did not see Gillian Anderson as who they wanted leading the series. They wanted people more, you know, stereotypical, sexy, but she chose Someone them. from Baywatch. Yeah. <laughs> but she was, you know, for the next few years, definitely up there on, as the sexiest woman alive in yeah. various, you know, magazine polls and things. So it was... She struck a, a chord with females and males as... Very much so. Yeah. And I, I noted that she... Uh, was critically um, praised for her role as well. Mm. So there was uh, Golden Globes, Emmys, SAG. Yeah. Mm. So it was a well uh, critical success as well. Yeah, I think it's again she she's one of these turning points for female representation on TV. Sorry to turn it into <laughs> my little moment, but um, but prior to her, females on TV. Sometimes they were strong, but they were, you know, a bit flighty and a bit silly as well. She was, no, she was. Yeah, she was really steering the ship. Yeah. Yeah, she was awesome. So I always, you know, I kind of looked up to her as I want to be like, like Scully. Yeah, great role yeah. model. Yeah. I'm trying to find the age of when she um, joined the series, but I can't find anything. They're just telling me how old she is now. I'm like, I don't want to know how she is old now. Anyway. Yeah. And also the pop culture impact. Yeah. It, it went, you know, just blew up, didn't it? Yeah. The, At a certain point. I think the first year was a bit slower. You know, things took mm. a little bit to take off and then the general public got on board. Yeah. I think, Though here in Australia, maybe because of the hype coming from America, it it took off pretty well pretty early. But I think it, it struck a chord with a lot of people, um, the the mystery of it, and it was an adult show, as it were. I would say like eight, late 90s, it really blew up, oh, especially mid, pop culture. Mid-90s, when it first started, it, it was huge. Really? That yeah. mid? Really yeah. mid? Yeah, oh. like... Yeah, because it started in 94. It was huge. And we had a film by 96. Like, it's yeah. pretty rare after two years oh, that you jump yeah. straight to a film. Yeah. That's high demand. Oh. Yeah. And I, it was even reference on Martin Malloy, the um, the radio show. I've got their CDs and, and they're talking about the stretchy liver-eating bloke <laughs> from the X-Files, who's, of course, oh. f- from a very early episode yeah. of... Um, of the X Files, yeah, is, season yeah. one, and even like season two, even yeah, episode three or something. That stretchy liver eating bloke Eugene Toomes. Toomes, that's right. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, one of the big things in uh, that was popular, obviously, the books which Catherine's got here. Yeah, a lot of books, um, yeah. which I didn't know they did until yeah. now. So this yeah, is fascinating. Five. So you know, this is. Before the internet, where you could, where now you can find you know, recaps of every episode, you you couldn't get that before. You know, you'd get it from yeah books, which I've bought for um, X Files at home. I've got the ones for Buffy and Star Trek, <laughs> um, and some magazines would also have episode guides as well. But yeah, you'd you'd have to go and, and buy these things, and yeah, to relive it as it were. I've just found the first um, squeeze. Squeeze. 
So to put it into context, we had the pilot. We had an episode called Deep Throat, which is when we first meet um, the informant Deep Throat, Mulder's informant. So we're talking like really long playing um, themes here. Then we get episode three, which is the first sort of um, monster of the week, as it were, Mm. episode, um, which is Eugene Toombs, who's an iconic monster. And it's written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong, who's wrote a lot of um, great episodes for the X-Files and a lot of um, stuff that they've done, you know, for other things, like other shows. Yeah. Yeah, with the the Monster of the Week thing, I guess um, X-Files primarily is the conspiracy theory long played out, as you said, Mm -hmm. um, overarching storyline. And then to break that up are the, what they refer to as the monster of the week, which often could be anything from terrifying to hilarious. Yes. Yes. They, they really played with themes, but the, um, yeah, that squeeze episode, I remember everyone being quite freaked by it, by the idea of this guy just being able to stretch his body like down chimneys and everything to get into it. Yeah. But even... Then they, um, I remember in that episode, they found his sort of cocoon, which was mucus and Mulder had some of his hands and he, he's like trying to get it off going, how can I get this off, but still seem manly? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's sort of playing with the tropes then, like making fun of Mulder, mm. even from pretty early on. Well, Duchovny was great with that because he had a, that goofy, good sense yeah. of humour. So yeah. he did make um, Mulder a very odd character, but in a highly funny way. Mm. There's um, always a, a lot of reference to porn that Mulder's watching porn. <laughs> That's and, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, really scully. It's time to call HR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're as young as I was watching the show, when it was all those type of references, they just went over my head. I'm like, what? what? What's this thing about? Yeah, it was something that the writers and, I, and the set dressers, I think, really enjoyed slipping something in or even, you know, in his apartment, putting something in the background, which you might not necessarily see, but they knew it was there to just constantly be making fun of Mulder. And, and I think that works not just on a fun level, but a, a deeper character level, because he's a good looking guy. He's got the great 90s suit he's he's an fbi agent yep. and you think cool 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 but yeah. underneath it he is just this ufo geek yeah and he goes home alone doesn't he just have a yeah, one... he's got a fish tank and yeah a yep. porn collection yeah <laughs> he sleeps on his couch yeah. we don't see a bedroom for no. many seasons <laughs> the, the theory is is that it i've heard a theory that it was just filled with porn that he couldn't actually get into the bedroom and to be confirmed, I think in that later series um, episode where he swaps bodies with um, oh that guy who's in Spinal Tap, the actor's name escapes me at the moment. But there's a, a two-part episode where he swaps bodies with wow. with somebody, and yeah, so it's quite funny. That isn't even ringing a bell. I've seen oh. them all, but. Yeah. yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have yeah. to hunt that one down. Yeah, but um, this guy comes in, he's like looking at the apartment going, how the hell does this guy live? And so he finds the, the bedroom and installs a waterbed. Oh, yeah, I do remember that yeah. one. Now that was really funny. And um, the X-Files had a couple of spin-offs yes. as well. 
Yes. So do you remember Millennium? Yes. It was quite frightening, wasn't it? That very one dark. that one was um very creepy. Like mm. because it got into a lot of the that late nineties mid to late nineties tropes with the serial killers a lot of shows were doing at the time. Yeah, and we, films as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that this was the thing that the X Files have started to spark was that there were the actual spin offs, but then there were a lot of other shows that started to come around that were definitely inspired by. So um shows like Profiler, if you remember that, that um had an FBI profiler and they went around hunting serial killers and things, yeah. Would you say X Files also brought on the amount of, you know, cop shows we have now? Or would that be more law and order? I think cop shows have always been around, so they peak and... But I mean, like, the, like, forensics and profiling, like, really to the detail which the X-Files brought. Yeah, you're right in that there's... Before that, there was your normal cop shows like Homicide, um, NYPD Blue. Yeah. Of course, Jimmy Smith's. But there'd always been cop shows. I mean, here in Australia, we had Homicide, of course, running for many years. But that might have brought in the more interest in the FBI and the yeah, yeah the specialisation. Mm. Yeah. yeah, probably Silence of the Lambs as well. Yeah, Definitely. big inspiration there for mm. sure. Mm. We'll have to get a photo. Um, we'll put up a photo of all these books so you can all yeah, see absolutely. and check them out yes. on our I Instagram. That I had to um, hike them over here in, in a big... Um, backpack. <laughs> so speaking of those books, there's some fantastic pictures in there, some really great photo shoots that um, are hilarious now. Yeah. So the X-Files is so 90s. Yeah. It's so it. 90s. Mm. Tell us why. <laughs> wow, it's the low tech. Mm. Uh, and it's not just the production of the, the show, like the, the special effects are pretty goofy, aren't they? Especially some of the early years. Yeah, like they definitely would rely on suspension of disbelief or lighting and yeah but yeah lots of things were in the dark yes but in some ways doing that rather than a lot of early computer generated stuff mm. is possibly better and but, i yeah. i preferred that like watching you know all those monsters that they had um just the costumes and makeup like yeah. incredible mm. i would have nightmares the one with the um the creature in the sewer. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, and then like at the end, the, the, there's one. They go, oh yeah, we, we think we got it. It's dead. And then another one floats up, and at the eyes open, and then end of scene. And you're like, <laughs> oh my god! How will I I'm not going to the toilet ever again. <laughs> well, I think to describe how 90s X Files was, the pilot episode has Mulder um, inspecting slides on a light box. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, microfish as well. Yeah, yeah that's why right. they were always <laughs> oh. look, searching through microfish very, very quickly. Yep, yep. Microfish porn. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course the fashions. I mean, the Scully wearing some brown pantsuits. They they dressed Scully very badly Didn't in the first cu- couple of seasons, especially. They mm. were very unflattering pantsuits, but um. It's that, it's that executive 90s female fashion where when women were still trying to look like men to be equal in the yeah. workforce. That's yeah. right, um, yeah. It, it was that wearing the boxy suits and the um, the shoulder pads. Yeah, it was, it was 
Not and very she loved flattering. a bit of red hair, red lipstick and red eyeshadow. Mm, yes. Matchy, matchy. Yes. Of course, the red hair is something that the the creators um, did to her because she's naturally blonde. They decided to... Oh, she is too. Yeah, to make her a redhead. As in a wig or coloured her hair? Uh, coloured. Oh, wow. I think when they've um, come back in these last couple of years... That was that looked like a wig, but um, they dyed her hair in the um, initially. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh. Now you've got some um, sort of a breakdown from to the actors and actresses. Um, well, mainly David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. Some uh, information about them. Yeah. Well, we talked about um, Duchovny, but his first acting gig was in Working Girl. How's oh. that <laughs> Um, and his other movies included Don't Tell Mum the Babysitter is Dead. He's in that. Yeah, don't know where. Yeah. And Zoolander. Don't uh, know where he's in that, but... He's the hand model. Oh, is Remember, he he's the yeah. hand model yeah. and his hand's in the glass and then he falls over or something and, and Zan... Um, yeah, Zan... Is it, no, Derek steps on it as oh, he uh, runs off and he goes, You broke my hand, you freaking idiot! <laughs> <laughs> He's very, he's got a good sense of humor. That's one thing I like throughout, you know, um, he doesn't take anything too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And I think later on his sense of humor through the, uh, seasons and episodes really, he was a bit more, I don't know, not, yeah, maybe dry humor. Like, yeah. And a bit more sarcastic at times, especially when he comes to talk to victims, he'll be going, Oh yeah, this is this. And they'll be like, what, how could you? And he says, Oh, relax. And, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have great people skills. Does yeah. He? No. He's very socially awkward. No. But, um, David Duchovny around that mid nineties time, he was in a movie called, um, California with a K that has Brad Pitt, um, Juliet Lewis and Michelle Forbes in it. And it's, yeah, six about serial killers again. Uh. And I made my sister take me to go see it at the movies, and we had to go, um, go hunt it down a bit. And then I, of course, taped it, and yes, loved I've it. I've never seen that one. Mm, it's quite good, but it's sort of that moment in time because yeah, Brad Pitt, Juliet Lewis. Mm. Yeah, and very iconic nineties, yeah. early nineties actors. Yeah, and even Michelle Forbes, who you think, yeah, um, Ensign Rowe on Star Trek: Next Generation, Battlestar Galactica. Um, she was in Homicide: Life on the Streets. She's in a lot of things. Wow. Mm. So, um, Gillian Anderson she wrote and directed season seven episode All Things. And that was the first episode directed by a female director. That's seven seasons in. And if you think about it. Really? They didn't have anyone else? 24 to 25 episodes a season Mm. back in the day. That's a lot of episodes to. Yeah. I guess that's more um, reflective of the industry. Yeah. And she only got the one? She didn't go back after this? I don't don't think she did. I think it was just a one-off. But the series ended Mm. at nine. And I don't think she was in the last, much of the last season anyway. Yeah. Um, but we were, one of the things that's interesting as well is the pay disparity. Yes. Yes. So David Duchovny, um, well, when it started, he was a a slightly bigger name because he had, um, been on Twin Peaks. So he was a, a bigger name. So he was paid more, 
but that pay disparity remained throughout the entirety of the seasons, which is, yes, very... Hmm. I'm not going to say anything more. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there's figures out there, but it was rumoured to be something as twice as much. Yeah. Oh, really? That that bad? And then what was interesting when the series came back, which was um, not that long ago, um, again... She was offered half of what he was offered. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's embarrassing that um, for a two-hander show, for, for there to be that big a difference is embarrassing because even at the same time, the cast of Friends, they started at different pay rates, but then throughout the years they argued for, to all get paid exactly the same. the same. Yeah. And that was their argument. They went in as a united front and mm. demanded that. So it's it's a shame that in a two-handed show that it's such a huge difference mm. throughout. Yeah. Um, you've also got here that she won some awards. Yeah, quite a few uh, awards. She was a very well-recognised actress, probably a little bit more so than Duchovny because, as we said, he doesn't take himself that seriously. But, um, yeah, very popular actress and um, well-respected on the stage as well. And she continues to make really interesting choices. So um, Hannibal is a recent um, US show she's in. She's been in a lot of British stuff. So she was in... um, David Copperfield, a recent adaptation that oh, that name escapes me. At the, the the serial killer one, The Fall. Yeah, The, the Fall, Fall. Mm. which is a really interesting show, and so she does lots of things like that. And she's on Sex Education. Yeah, now. the new uh, Netflix series. Yeah, mm. which is I think more of a humor side of her, which I really like. Yeah, because Gillian Anderson in real life is very different from Dana Scully that she's quite, um, not wacky, but, um, you know, she's a unique person. She had a very unique um, childhood. She lived in both America and England growing up. So that's why if you hear her talking in real life, she actually has a bit of a British accent. But she's um, a bit of a rebel in a way. She caused a lot of dramas by becoming pregnant and then having a baby the baby during second season oh and this was why she scully was abducted and missing for that's right yeah and it's very obvious they've got her in even more larger coats and yeah huge, huge coats behind desks and tables and but they wrote it they didn't write the pregnancy into the series, but they wrote a reason for her absence into it into the series really well, which has ramifications throughout the entirety of the show's run. Even these later se- seasons has it has ramifications. Mm. Now, she really did get abducted. Scully. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She was missing. She was in the back of the car in a boot. <laughs> she was. Yeah. She was missing. Um, it's abduction. Because I've always wondered that. I'm like, wait, so. So alien in the show, aliens were real. Well, it, it was a killer that abducted her, but so it was yeah. a ki- okay. So there's yeah in the show, aliens were real, but okay. whether all alien abductions were alien abductions yeah. is up for debate because okay. there is debate whether some of them are the government conducting experiments. Experiments, yeah, and um, 
and that's part of the reason why she was taken. She was chosen and these experiments were done on her. Um, and But, of course, in the show, the the aliens and the governments knew of each other and had done for a long time since Roswell. Like referred to as the syndicate. Yes. Oh, gosh. It's always... So they're all like old, cool-looking men that's yeah. around boardroom tables. Yeah, you see those in all the movies, yeah. you know. Yeah. We must talk to the council, yeah. the syndicate. Like, yeah. But, well, I, okay, because yeah. I've always wondered that. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So, yeah, and the syndicate is what cigarette-smoking man is a part of. Mm. And so he was part of the um, force to keep the conspiracy quiet so that the public does not know. And, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. We, we realise that we think initially the cigarette smoking man is the big bad. Well, yeah, I've and, never trusted him. And then you go deeper that there's a yeah. boss above him and a boss above them. and Yeah. It always goes straight to the top. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, cigarette smoking man is not a good guy. Well, yeah. Well, as soon as you, I see him smoking like so many cigarettes in one scene, I was always like, I don't trust that guy. <laughs> he smokes too about much. Him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys are probably more, you know, as you can, as everyone can hear, you guys love the X-Files. What would, you've got some notes here about best episodes. I'd love to hear what you guys, uh, yeah. I haven't um, picked some of my best episodes, but for me, they're from the, the first few seasons like some of those first conspiracy ones and and even like that squeeze episode because it that's such an iconic episode I, I reckon if you were to sit someone down and watch that episode they'd be hooked into this into the series absolutely yeah um for me i liked um there was an episode that was more scully centric and that was called never again and it was about a recently separated guy who was um, boozing and got a tattoo and um, the tattoo started to talk to him oh. and was uh, trying to convince him to commit murder. Yeah. And Scully is investigating this case and becomes involved-ish yes. with him. Yeah. And at one point he's about to get her to have this same tattoo and um, it's all very tense. It, it is as mad as it sounds. Yeah. yeah. It, it is quite crazy, but it works. And a little bit of trivia that um, Jodie Foster plays uh, is the voice of the tattoo. Ah. Oh. Yeah. So it's a sarcastic yeah. um, girlfriend that's... Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Um, guy what to do, yeah. For me... I watch these... I, I, I think I always go back to the first season because... It has some really good episodes. And the one I can really think of is um, the one that plays from um, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. How oh, they're in the oh, snow. Yeah. Ice. Ice. Ice, yeah. yeah. And it just gets so tense. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, they're, they're, making, they're paying tribute to the movie. Mm. And it's just brilliant because even Mulder's like, I'm not infected. I'm not infected. And then I think he gets knocked out. And yeah, that was a great Oh, crazy things. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was just so just it really got you all like and then at the end there's a little thing like wait did it not die in the fire oh my god like they always tease you yeah. with a certain thing and that and of course the probably the sewer one that, that those creatures just ugh, every time one of the most um 
Notorious episodes was one called Home. Do you remember that, Catherine? That, that's a Notorious episode, yeah. Yeah, you've, you've got that one down yeah. here as well. Just in X-Files in um, TV history, really, it's um, one that they didn't rerun because it was considered too gruesome and... Um, wow, I've just read the description. Uh, <laughs> wow, a <laughs> bit of yeah, incest. It, it, it really grossed me out, that, mm. that episode, because there's the mother who is you know has no arms and legs and she's oh on God. a trolley yeah, it's on like very a little trolley and she gets pulled out from underneath the bed yeah and pull, yeah it's it, it grossed me out so this episode it says that it was banned for reruns but is it in your it's in the you blu-ray can, collection the and stuff blu- blu-rays and dvds but it was considered tasteless and uh, they um, haven't edited things out or no Oh wow! So you it's... and a lot of people, it's right up there with their favorite episode. But wow. as the X Files covers so many genres from yeah. comedy to sci-fi to horror, that's very much in the dark um, horror yeah yeah section. Yeah. So you know, with the comedy episodes, some of my episodes were ones um, written by Darren Morgan, brother of Glenn Morgan. So he didn't write that many episodes, but the one he ones he wrote were. They've definitely a comedy type of episode. So there was one sort of set in a carnival, where um, with tattooed men and oh, yeah. um, wait, is this the episode with the little creature, the little guy, the little guy? Yeah, yeah. and he like eats people yeah. from the ground. Yeah. Oh, that's another creepy one, Catherine. <laughs> oh. But it's funny because they're also just taking the piss out of Mulder the whole time. Yeah. So even the way they set up the camera, it's at one stage. They have a, the um, leader of the carnival sort of say, oh, yeah, you, you know, like there's that guy, like all perfect and all that. And they cut to Mulder just posing a pose and um. hand on hips, just looking heroic. And you go, man, they just know how to puncture him so well and yeah just those light episodes the very comedic and you, you consider that one a comedic one even though yeah. the creature yeah, yeah. Leaned, oh. yeah. yeah though is, i do like comedy. how the tattoo guy at the end like picks him up and and then eats him <laughs> and then they they cut to the tattoo guy oh what's wrong with him oh he's got an upset tummy <laughs> and then like you see the tummy like yeah grumbling it's yeah. like wait he couldn't fit him all he would have cut him up and bit him up like yeah but oh that's just so creepy oh what about worst episodes because there was yeah some, you've you've got some, some worst really ones here yeah um yeah there was a vampire episode that was pretty bad in the second season i think it was oh yeah i do remember that one yeah and there was a, a gender bender one as well. Oh, yeah. Quite, quite Those ones are always fascinating to me. Yeah. Like, what the the person who would change their gender would murder someone, but because the gender would change, they go, oh, this was done by a man. Oh, wait, this one's done yeah, by so a woman, but they've got the same, what's going on? Yeah, yeah so that was a, um, I think that one was like a body jumping, yeah, one where they would yeah kill, they would, you know, have sex with with someone and then jump was yeah it? the body was just yeah. the host for them yeah um you've got some examples here dale oh, yeah there's one called too shy this is a real stinker and this is how it's described this is how the episode's described shy overweight women 
are being pursued online by a suitor who courts them with Italian poetry. Mm. Uh, the women are found dead, their corpses stripped of flesh. Like, yeah. Isn't it hard enough? Yeah. Is this your little extra comment the... here? What's that? Hey, is this your little extra comment? Hey, yeah. did you know internet dating can be dangerous? Uh. <laughs> that's a good one. But that's Italian poetry? Does, does that Wow. Work? I know I that guess, gets me every time. Yeah, no. Mm. I guess that's how it was Not done me. in the 90s. <laughs> oh, that Italian poetry. Yeah, it's just sort of so crass, like these, you know, pathetic women. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. We've also got here um, First Person Shooter. Oh, which, do you remember Oh, yeah. But exact classic 90s things of thinking this is how computers would go, like the virtual reality so many shows had virtual reality episodes and they're all terrible. And this one, yeah, was was bad. And that idea of that virtual reality world, you know, with the... The green lines. The Even green The Simpsons lines. did it, for God's yeah. sakes. Yeah. You, you know, was it the... Um, what's that song that, that kind of did it? Money for Nothing, that song. Oh, yeah, that's that right. Video that video clip. Was, that was done like a virtual reality world. Yeah, but... You know, all the, the shows in the 90s sort of thought that's where computers would go and, yeah, just dated really badly. Yeah. And that was penned by William Gibson, that episode, who's a yeah, who cyberpunk author. Yeah, And Stephen King did a few episodes of The X-Files as well. Mm. There was quite a few well-known authors wanted to get on board. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but under... Good episodes, and I want to talk about this one, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. This is an iconic episode. Yeah, this is amazing. It, it's one of the fan favourites, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that it's in many ways pure comedy, but, um, yeah, quite sad as well. Yeah. So Clyde Bruckman's a man who can see how people are going to die. Oh, okay. Um, played by... A recognisable actor who's on, who's the the dad on um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, him. Yeah. Um, is his name Barry? Peter Boyle. Oh, Peter Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. And he's you know, it's a quite sad, poignant episode, but yet it's so funny as well. And this is the one with um, Seth Green in it as well. Oh, no, I'm going uh, Seth Green's in uh, the pilot. The pilot. That's right. Yeah, it is too. Yeah. It, it, it is a it is a great episode that, and that's another one you would probably, if you're going to list five or six episodes for newbies to mm. get into, that's one you'd you'd offer. But yeah. we we're talking of Seth Green and some other actors who appeared on, in the X Files as special guest stars. Yeah. Um. So Brian Cranston. Yes, that movie. Brian that Cranston. Episode Drive, isn't it? He yeah. has to keep driving west. To stop the um, pain in his head. And that, this that's one of the episodes that got him the rolling Breaking Bad. Really? Yeah. Wow. There you go. Because before that, he was known for... Um, Malcolm his, in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. And then he'd done a number of episodes of Seinfeld oh. as um, the dentist. That's oh, right. That? I only, that's the, I only knew him for those two things, mm. Seinfeld and mm. Malcolm in the Middle. And then now he's this great drama actor. And you're yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. Then we had... Uh, there was Lucy Liu. And Octavia Spencer, Kathy Griffin is in an episode. Uh, it's one of yeah. the worst. Oh, um, the ones with the twins? twins. Yeah, yeah, that one's just—it's bad. Yeah, and they like run to each other, and then things just happen, and yeah. then they run away. <laughs> but then they keep 
meeting at the places they run away to. You can kind of see where they were going. It just didn't land. Yeah, no. Um, Michael Bublé. What? Yep. Michael Bublé is in X-Files. Yep. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. And Shia Ryan can be Reynolds. in anything. Reynolds? Ooh, wow. yeah. Reynolds. Are these later seasons that they, these guys would know. be in? I don't I imagine they're probably blink and you miss it. Oh, okay. Kind of cameos where yeah. they were... Um, oh, my God. Bublé. Yeah. yeah, now the X Files jumped to movies in '96. Yeah. Well, one movie um, called yeah. Fight the Future. I never saw it. So, is it still considered not good? Not as good as the TV show. They do fit in, sort of, with the um, TV continuity, but they never really fit in very well. They're not as good as yeah the the TV show. Did it look? Better but visually because of the, the budget. Seeing, seeing they got a good, on the big screen. a good budget. Like, did it? Yeah. Did it? Yeah, the it production good. look good. Well, it's '96 effects. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's X Files is a television medium. It's, mm. That's what it works best in that yeah. 45 minute segment. And um, but it's an enjoyable film and it, it holds up relatively Does well. Is Billy yeah. Connolly in it? No, that no, that's the later this, one. <sighs> that's sort of like ten years later. Yeah. Yeah, they made yeah another one. Okay. Did they? That's he plays like a mad the, scientist. The monster of the week. He actually plays a pedophile priest. Oh. And it's really dark. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, and he's housed hmm. in, uh, sort of like, yeah. a building with other such pedophiles that are yeah. monitored, mm-hmm. and he's accused of. They think he has involved in some murders because he has visions. Of, visions, yeah. And it plays on Scully's Catholicism versus... Mm. Um, yeah. And that's the next movie, not the first one. Yeah, that's this, that's 2008, is it? Yeah, something like that, mm. yeah. So what was the Fight the Future about? That's uh, that's classic aliens, conspiracy, okay. yeah. syndicate. Uh. And this other one is... Uh, FB- I think FBI agents are being killed or... Bodies are turning up in yeah. places. Look, it's very gruesome. Yeah. I've I've got to admit, I I'm not as familiar with the films. I can't really remember. So they're not now worth watching, really. Um, if so, if you want to introduce the show and like everything well, to them, is the it worth watching? Fight the future did dip into the the bees conspiracy that they're part of the aliens is with the bees. Yeah, Nick Cage would be very happy to hear that. <laughs> it's all about the bees. <laughs> So what what what's this cons- the bees really? Oh god, I can't even remember. It's very that. convoluted. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it, all the conspiracies they just build one on top of the other. Mm. It's the type of thing where just one sounds insane. Like yeah, me saying yeah, bees are part of the alien colony. Um, <laughs> We've got conspiracy. you on tape now. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds nuts. <laughs> But um, it all made sense because, yeah, it was part of the syndicate and yeah, the testing and all of that. Oh, God. I'm trying to find this episode that I'm I, thinking I think, of. I think as far as those elements go of the show, they can be taken or left. Yeah. You can still yeah. enjoy the show on a, a very um, calm level. But if you're that person that wants to go deeper into yeah, and dig a bit deeper, you, there's things there to enjoy that go across the entire So take series. the good and the bad. Like just, yeah. 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 So... Another episode I'm thinking of is um, set with in a town. I think it's a Darren Morgan one again, where all I can remember is um, there's aliens there and a teenager's recounting his experiences to Mulder and Scully, and 
he says to them, yeah, I haven't played D&D for all these years and not learnt a thing or two about courage. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Yeah, so as you can tell, I, I just absolutely love it, even to this day, and it's just such a meaningful show for me and it really hit the exact right spot like intellectually but also what I was wanting to see. I think it, it, in a sense, marked a turning point in television of strong female characters and an adult show, as it were. Twin Peaks had been on before that, which was adult. I, I didn't watch Twin Peaks, but it it's sort of this, okay, yes, you can have your adult show. It, TV doesn't have to be just family viewing for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, because of its popularity, there was also um, VHS's release. Like, yes. You wouldn't believe. They yes. were, it was like, almost like, felt like one a week, didn't it? And in the strangest configurations, Yeah. often, like it just wouldn't make sense what, what episodes um, were put together. Mm. Sometimes it, it would be... They'd group a certain certain conspiracy, you know, together, mm. and so they might be going like episode one, eight, twenty. Oh, okay. And so that made life hard. I didn't even attempt to bring over my VHSs from Mum and Dad's house. Would have you needed a trailer? Yes. <laughs> but there was also the Simpsons episode, so you mm. know you've made it when yeah. you're on the Simpsons. That's right. Yeah. Um, it aired on the 12th of January 1997 yeah. So that goes back to my question When we were talking about pop culture and stuff Like when did it really Like the peak and stuff And yeah, 97 was this episode So yeah. that and would have been So they would have been making that At least a year in advance Yeah, yeah. So yeah so That real mid-90s Yeah, mid-90s, you're right mm. Yeah, yeah But yeah, that's funny episode but, again they were vo- voicing their characters and were kind of making fun of Mulder again yes and they had like special special guests as well Leonard Nimoy was in it as well that's right was yeah. he the alien head no he, no, was, no, he, he was, was the TV presenter, TV presenter. Yeah. yeah like the yeah. Twilight Zone yeah. yes which of course Twilight Zone is one of the shows that inspired the X-Files very much so mm. and uh, another television show called Night Stalker yes. has anyone seen that I haven't seen it. I've just sort of read about it. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds familiar. Yeah. It's X-Files if it was just one man. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. But I can remember with this Simpsons episode, the promotion for it. Yeah. Like yeah. Channel 10 were just like, oh, you know, this is this is, this is is going to change the Simpsons. Like, cross-promotion. Yeah, yeah. cross-promotion. Like it was a, I think it was like an X-Files double. Like they were going to play the Simpsons episode. And then the X-Files would come yeah. in. I think that's when they brought it earlier. Because yeah. I think Simpsons were, what, 6.30? I feel like that was the 6.30. Yeah, but they wouldn't have shown X-Files that early because of um, uh, restrictions. Because it's, they're, they're M-rated. They're, they're not allowed to show that things before 8.30. Mm, true. No, that's... Unless like, wouldn't it have been an episode it was friendly? Did they ever have episodes that were not M? No. Oh, they're all M. And they just stuck to the same um, time slot. So, they'd be more likely to have 
premiered The Simpsons mm. at 8 o'clock because, remember, the 6.30 Simpsons episodes were repeats. They did the premieres at That's different right. times. That's right, yeah. So they probably would have premiered um, Simpsons at that sort of 8 o'clock. And Scully's slot. not a fan of Homer. No. <laughs> She's got yeah. him running on a treadmill and what does she <laughs> refer right. to his fat uh, moving as a lava lamp? It's <laughs> fascinating it. as a it's lava hypnotic. lamp. It's <laughs> hypnotic. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's what she's just staring at. And she's like, it's like a lava lamp. You can't not look at it. <laughs> but no, it's got some great, um, really great jokes. Um, the premise of it is, uh, you know, Homer's um, leaves work early with Lenny and Carl and they rerun some old footage to the security cameras. So it looks like they're still there. Um, so they go to Moe's, they drink, drink, Homer drinks too much. And so Moe takes his car keys away so he doesn't drive. So he walks home for the first time ever and he takes a wrong turn and goes into the woods. Oh, and that's yes. when he comes across the alien. Um, and the alien's saying, you know, don't be afraid. Homer panics, runs don't away. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love, friend. And then, you know, and then it's just him telling everyone, oh, my God, I saw an alien and no one believes him. And then that's when knock, knock, knock at the door. It's Mulder and Scully. Mulder and Scully. <laughs> and, like, even at, I think at the start, Mulder's already sort of like, you know, t- tell us, Homer, tell us, you know, tell us everything. And he sort of, like, rambles on about stuff. And then, like, they've already moved inside and he's still at the front door. Like, Oh, <laughs> I, I, I like, um, Marge opening the door and having a hyperventilation because there's officers at the door. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's kind of me when a police car's behind me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But, um, but yeah, near my show is, um, about the paranormal and stuff. And I think Homer calls in or, or they talk about Homer's story on it. And Leonard, like, b- sort of believes him. And then th- there's a part where, um, yeah, Nimoy bids the audience, you know, good night, everyone. And, you know, remember to keep looking at the sky. And then, like, the, the kid on the side is like, oh, sorry, I've still got 10 minutes to go. <laughs> and he goes, ah, yes. And he just runs out the door, starts the car, drives away. And the kid walks through the camera and goes, ah, I guess I can still talk about stuff. Like... <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, the humor and it's great, and then and what, who did the alien end up being? In the end? Oh, well, it was it was Mr. Burns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd taken. He had to be on a lot of drugs to yeah. keep him alive. Because at the end of the week, he would go through this process. They'll crack his back and stuff, put drugs, and he'll just make him, you know, glow. Ah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, like that's. I think that's. Would you say that's the peak of their pop culture? Because that episode is just like that's top ten Simpsons. Oh. Peak of pop culture would be um, tribute CDs being put out in their name, which I have a copy of. Really? I didn't find. Yes, but yes, it's um, so it has the theme music to the X Files on it and other um, songs by um, well known artists, including Nick Cave on this album. Sort of songs inspired by there's a song about black helicopters and, and other things on it. So, yes, that's the level of my fandom that. I got to. Uh, yeah. 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 And yes, I was. There was a fan club. Yep. I was a member of it. Oh, yep. so there you go. Dale, were you part of any fan clubs? No. Yeah. <laughs> so was, would this be, Catherine, would this be on the forums and stuff on the internet? Or was well, this? Well, this really, this was pre even. Yeah. Absolute dawn and 
very few people had the internet. And if I had wanted to get onto the internet, so 96, 97, 98. Internet cafe. Or I had to get the um, telephone cord, plug it into the phone in the kitchen, run out this long, long cord to dad's office and plug it into the computer. So, Oh, dial-up. Dial-up, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good old oh, dial-up. I love that sound of dial-up. <laughs> never um, gets old. <laughs> but, yeah, so we're very, very early. So there were like fa- some fan sites mm. around. But, yeah, if you remember those mid-90s websites, they were... Yeah, because they were like big um, message boards out there mm. uh, and people were uh, talking theories and stuff. And yeah. I do know that the production actually looked at those to make sure, oh, okay, they're getting close to what we're writing. We need to – so they would change it up. And even um, I think one of the producers um, put out a question, goes, oh, what type of stuff do you guys want to see or just to get some ideas and – they use some of them from oh, what the great. people. Yeah. Yeah. Then I guess the X-Files started to wind down, didn't it? Um, Duchovny left first. Yeah. And I have to admit, that's kind of when I I tapped out. Mm. Um, uni was getting a lot because I'd been devoted. Even in year 12, I was allowed to watch, you know, a TV show a night. X-Files was my TV show on that night. Mm. Um you know, mum completely understood. So, like, yes, dear, you're allowed to watch X Files. Yes, dear. Um, but I'd I'd watched everything. But even once the production moved from Vancouver, where it had been initially, it then moved to California. I sort of noted it was a bit different from that point. But yeah, definitely when Duchovny left, I sort of tapped out, tapped out, and went, yeah, I think I'm done. But it was interesting, the move to California. It gave them more desert things that they could then use, whereas Vancouver was very much your forest and, and dark cities, damp. But um, Pete, but Duchovny and Anderson by then had, had really wanted to come back to LA, closer to family and things like that. So they moved the production they used the Queen Mary, which is a famous ship docked um, in in California for a very Ooh. for an episode, like a time travel episode. A triangle. Yeah, set in the Bermuda Triangle. It was very interesting that that episode. So that's a fun one to seek out as well. That's a later season episode to watch. Um, I've got a question. Yep. Um, with the later seasons. Could you guys tell that the show, I think they're starting to run out of ideas? I th- or was that primary just when Duchovny left? I think there was, I can't pinpoint when, but I think there was a point when in my head I was like, they haven't got a plan. Hmm. They don't know where they're going. Spot but- on. And I do agree with you when it moved from Vancouver to LA, yeah. there was a tonal shift. Yeah. It was hard to pinpoint what it was, but it was a different looking show. Mm. Uh, it still took the risks, but your spot on there was no plan. Yeah. Um, so all these theories didn't feel like they were going to give you any payoff. Yeah. And probably that's a, a similar frustration that fans of Lost had. Um, now, had they probably concluded things 
in arcs, maybe two season arcs yeah. to satisfy you on one level and then moved on to the deeper conspiracy. Yeah. But they just didn't have a plan. They were moving wheels very yeah. fast. Yeah. So it's like that, you know, honey alien conspiracy theory. They sort of kept whacking levels onto this conspiracy and it just got too much and going, it's, it's too much. There's too much going on. You're just, you haven't got a plan, you haven't got an end point. Whereas you think a lot of TV shows now, especially under the Netflix model, that oh. have like a mm. three-season plan, yeah. they've definitely got a show bible that they're wanting to follow. I mean, obviously they deviate a little bit from it, but they've got an arc planned out. Whereas X-Files, they didn't have that um, overarching idea of start point, end point. And I think it hurt them because if a person like me who was that invested in it went, yeah, I think I'm done. And and I'm, I get very stubborn about shows. I'll keep watching until the bitter end. Mm. But even I went, nah, I think I'm done. And yeah, that I'm the same as you, Catherine. Yeah. I, I, I'm very loyal to the shows I like. Mm. Um and it's not that I gave up. I probably just, if I missed an episode, I wasn't too fast. Yeah. I, I think there was that moment where I think I may have missed an episode or not realized it was coming back. And I realized I'm not upset or I don't care. It's mm. like, ah, oh, okay, I'll give it a miss. I've got um, a lot of other things going on. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think um, the, the stars were tired and that, yeah. that can show Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, how many seasons again was it? Nine initial Nine. seasons. Mm. Nine. Then we had the return, didn't we? Yeah. The two short seasons. Yeah. Which, um, the first one of those I thought was a bit better than the second. They, I thought they had a plan there. But it was great to see the chemistry again with them. It was it was still there. It was still there. It was it was great, and to see them working in the modern context with smartphones. Yeah, what was that like? Because I, I haven't seen any. I mean, they had your big bulky nineties mobiles back in the day, mm. but to see them with um, your smartphone, looking things up, you know, iPads, yeah, you know, made things a bit different. Um, but it was interesting. They let them age in that they. You know, would wear glasses or, oh, that's, okay. or make jokes a few grey hairs. <laughs> you know, being older, but it was interesting to see them back. Um, this second new season, so season eleven, ended in an interesting place, and I'm a sort of want more conclusion to that. But Gillian Anderson has been very clear; she doesn't want to go back. Oh, so it's they're not Gillian doing... Anderson. Yeah, they're no. done. Yeah, and the creator Chris Carter has said. No Gillian, no show. Yeah. Wow. Now, that, uh, what struck me is that X-Files is so 90s. It's a mm. product of its time, mm. and it doesn't exist really outside of that time. Yeah. There's, while Catherine's right, the chemistry's there, and some of the concepts for the show are, are great for the new yeah. s- series, but it just it's not fresh. Yeah. And for X-Files, what was great about it, it, it came in at a time when people were watching grainy, you know, videos of alien autopsies wondering are they real or are they not conspiracy theory was at its peak um you know the millennial bug the 
and they just jump right in on that and we're in a different time now yeah but i think also because the x-files inspired so much tv so you think a lot of tv shows now their creators would have been watching the x-files and so they've been inspired by the characters and by the way it was was shot and everything Mm. about it so we're used to tv being more like that now so x-files doesn't stand out as much as what it did in in the time when it came out yeah so we've those episodes when Mulder left and um, Robert Patrick came in, what did you guys think of him? Because I just knew him as the T, you know, the T one thousand from Terminator Two. Well, that's all 2. I can think of him as. Yeah, he's just the T one thousand. He definitely he's a good actor, yeah. and there's some a couple of episodes that are actually really good fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's because there were so many bad ones, you were just thrilled when there was a good one. Um, but he doesn't have the charm or the depth of character. Mm. Um, and there's and he's also uh, there's no youthful sort of um, no playful <laughs> side playful no. yeah and I think uh, Annabella Gish, Gish is the yeah. um, sort of it's the reverse back so that she is the the molder yeah who's the yeah. believer and they're they're okay but the chemistry's yeah. really not there yeah mm. so she came back in season 11 for a couple of episodes with a twist yes with a twist yes so because i hadn't really watched those seasons and hadn't really remembered it i got a bit confused there <laughs> but um but don't you think when it when people like you and i need a flow chart to follow what's going yeah. on Ah, oh, the red strings. Yes. We always bring it up. You do yeah. things that tie there. That goes, yeah. Yeah. If, if I can't follow what's going on, yeah, God help anyone else. That's yeah. one thing I don't like with shows. If like something's, if you're like, you feel like you shouldn't have to play catch up or anything. You're just like, wait, they're talking about something. Wait, what are they talking about? When, when did yeah. this happen? Like what? I've been watching everything. What are they talking about? See. TV, a lot of times, especially science fiction shows, were very much, you know, one episode, one episode, one episode. They wouldn't have any link to each other. X-Files was was very early on, sort of had that flow from one episode to another of the overarching story. Yes, they'd have the monster of the week to break it up as well. Mm. But sometimes even then they'd have the characters developing throughout. But... um, yeah, I can't remember where I was going with that. But um, I think they, they took it a step too far in some ways, that serialisation, that it was hard for even devoted fans to keep up with everything that was going on. And it made it too hard for people to come in. Mm. So, you know, if you wanted to introduce people to the X-Files, you'd have to curate episodes for them to watch before yeah. watching. Sort of like a recap in. or something. Yeah. Yeah, but um, a lot of TV now is that heavily serialised. Mm. You think about Netflix shows, you know, you've got your 10 episodes or so, which really flow one to the other. But, of course, with seasons now tending to be a lot shorter, it is easier to catch Yeah, what do you guys prefer? I'm curious. Do you prefer the BBC model where it's just an hour, six episodes? Or you've got, like, the Netflix, what, 12 and it's released all at once. I prefer the week by week, short one hours. I I like the week by week release. Um, that sort of 
six to 12 episode run, I mean, I don't mind either way. I don't like the when it's like 23. It's like, oh, it's well, too much. Son, geez. <laughs> this is what TV used to be. Look, back in the day, Blue Healers, Australian television oh, classic. drama series, how they made like 40 in a year. Yeah. Like it was on all that, the time. Yeah, that's true. Lisa McCune, come on. Well, the, the old model in Australia was two episodes a week. Yeah. Yeah. Country oh. practice was Monday and Tuesday. That's right. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Dale? Uh, look, I, I like to restrict myself, so I want to watch one episode, then I want to digest that, mm. have a think about it, and look forward to the next one. Um, yeah, I think week by week. Yeah. And the added benefit of a week by week is that you can think about it. There might be podcasts. Oh, come yeah, about we, can, we it. can talk about it. Yeah. yeah, and and everyone's can kind of joining the conversation. Um, you know, I used to go to websites online that would recap. So there was one called Television Without Pity that did fantastic recaps of a lot of TV shows. Mm. They went onto another website, um, but they don't do recaps anymore and a lot of this is because of the new way that television's consumed you know with the all at once all at once yeah um which i admit you know during the the summer i had i was off work so you know i could watch you know a fair amount of tv but i would only really be watching two episodes of something a night mm. to catch up on something because you know that's has how much time i've got you know but do you feel that you get impatient with it when it's when you've got those eight episodes and though the, you get to the end of the episode, you want to start the next one, but you, you're kind of like, okay, let's get this moving, whereas mm. it's not more enjoyable to have that. Yeah. Really look forward to something. Yeah, so, you know, on Friday, Australian time is when, you know, a new episode of um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine drops and I get my little notification from SBS saying, new episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm like, yay, I watch that. And I get ne- notification from Netflix, new episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Yay. So it's, it is fun to have that week by week. You get to think about the episode, talk about it, and mm-hmm. the whole community gets to be at the same point. See, I had to catch up on Stranger Things, I, which I really loved that first season. They dropped the second season. I didn't have a chance to catch up on it and finally I've had the chance to watch it. But it's a bit of I've got no one to talk about it with because everyone's at different stages or has watched it ages ago. Yeah. So it it makes it makes it difficult and and a bit frustrating that you kind of go, Oh, where are you up to with this before you start mm. any conversation? But you know what? How lucky are we? Because there's so much content, oh, so uh, much peak TV. The amount of time I spend an hour on Netflix, just like, what am I watching? Do I feel like this? Where Do I want to watch this? We only had the X Files and maybe like yeah. Star Trek Generation yeah. and um, yeah. Deep Space. Yeah, yeah. So we grew up in the SBS, ABC, Channel Seven, Channel Nine, yeah. Channel Ten. I think ABC Five is most I watched because it had. So yeah, you had the kids shows and then. Uh, Doctor Who and all that. Yeah. The classic Doctor Who and stuff. Like so that's... the afternoon show on yeah. ABC. God, I'm showing my age today. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you had, yeah, Simpsons on at 6.30. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was 
Yeah, we're very we're very spoiled. You're very yeah. We are we yeah. are spoiled now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think a benefit we've got yeah peak TV. But I do like that they're making really good TV. Oh, the quality. Making yeah, short snappy seasons of it, so it's mm. it's better to consume. Oh, another thing I've noticed of um, what they're doing with some shows, I think mostly their comedies on Netflix. They're doing like part one of B. So they'll release six episodes of a season and then go, oh, yep, the next part will be later this year. So you get that first six, then gives you enough time to talk about it. Oh, my God, what a cliffhanger. And then, all right, here's part B. And then that's the next yeah. six. So that's another thing. They're like Instead of going, oh, yeah, here's all the binge, it's like, nah, binge split, split six. Yeah. yeah, split. I think that's that could be something. Yeah. Because so I think Sabrina was that. Yeah, so they've, they've always traditionally American shows had a – a mid-season break and mm. like when they're not being rated or something, but something that in Australia we weren't as aware of because we got things later so they just show things. Um, but, yeah, they'd usually be like a mid-season break for, oh, what do they call it? Um, the mid-season the break? Yeah. Yeah, the um, – I'll think of it in like 10 minutes time and just be screaming the word. Um, but they're, for, they're looking for the high ratings, so they might end the mid-season on a bit of a Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Mm. Sweeps, that's the word. Sweeps, yeah. But, um, but they're sort of continuing that model because even Star Trek Discovery, it's a CBS all-access show, but as Netflix internationally, they had a mid-season break um, in season one. And, yeah, the second half of season one was bonkers. Awesome. Sorry, I can't gush about that enough. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah, splitting it up like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, even the X-Files final season was very brief. I think it was six episodes or yeah. in the first one and maybe ten or something in the second. Yeah. Yeah, those – they brought them back for a very short period of time because, well, they're busy actors. Yeah. They've got other things to do. But what I would recommend if – People listening haven't uh, watched the X Files. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Mm. Uh, have a look online. There's some really great um, lists of good and bad episodes. Some of the bad ones are fun too. They're, they're so bad they're good. Um, have a look. Start with those, and then, um, as Catherine said, the first season is a knockout. Really, there's not many bad episodes in that first season. Mm. Yeah, I I think if you're wanting to watch TV, I mean. Just going at the first season and get it all under your belt. That those first two seasons, and and of course watch Scully's um, tummy and how they hide her. But it it is interesting to see how it builds. Oh, I'm so in for a rewatch now. So <laughs> She's got the bug. <laughs> uh, Alrighty. Um, is that yeah, is that all? Um, we're all good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for bringing all this in. So make sure to hit us up on Twitter at that Geek Pod. Now, Dale, do you have anything you want to um, promote or your Twitter? No. Oh, I, I'll I like to ask uh, Dale a question. Uh, what are you looking forward to this year in Geek? Oh, so much. Um, well, goose the cat. Obviously, yeah. Goose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are we going to see that together? By the way. I think she's gone ahead and got tickets oh, already. I'm, I'm Sorry, Dale, we'll booking go. again. We'll go. I'm booking again. Okay, um, we'll, we'll get a group thing going. Obviously, the Untitled Episode 9. Mm. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. Um, 
the um, Mandalorian, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit, I don't really know what that's going to be. So, but it's all about episode nine, Captain Marvel. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to that as well. Probably more than Avengers Endgame. Like, I'm curious to see where that goes, but I just want to see the introduction. You know what I am looking forward to? You guys going to Celebration and me getting to see all the pictures and all the fun times you're going to have. And I'm not jealous at all. (laughs) He'll probably be at the airport. Bye, guys. I'll drive Uh, you to the airport. (laughs) Ah, Awesome. Yeah. Goose the cat. Goose the cat. If you follow me on Twitter, you would see I tweet a lot about Goose the cat. Because I'm just steering into the curve of being a, a cat lady. Um, I would just like to promote, I was a guest this week on um, His Dead Gym pod with Emily and Mitch. Yes. Um, well, were you watching um, original series Star Trek? That's Is right. Yeah, we're watching, episode? watching the uh, original episode, um, This Side of Paradise. A very bizarre, but very funny episode. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, that's all I've got happening. Yeah. So, yeah, tweet us if you want to join in the discussion. We've also got email, uh, thatgeekpod at gmail.com. Please email us. Um, I'm at Catherine underscore name. I'm that geek Andy on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, we've also got an Instagram. At oh, that and geek- that geek pod on Instagram. That geek pod will return. <laughs>